one shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. There's ketchup on his polo already, vodka in the Yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down. His group goes so loud, he knows his next move, but his miss freaks him out. He's choking up how everybody's laughing now. The boy's howling, clubs up loud. Snaps back to the left again. Oh, there's a penalty. Oh, reload. Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast with your hosts, Matt Smith and Jerry Lou. Now, see, truth be told, I didn't know those were replicas. The first one I saw was in a hotel parking lot earlier this year. I just look over this guy, some cholo guy, and he's dressed head to toe in Dodger blue. And I look over and I'm just like, hey, go blue crew. And he just slowly holds up his fist. And I can tell from across the parking lot, like, I think I threw my luggage at the wife and knocked her over going like, honey, there's a championship ring over there. And I just start sprinting over to him. And he said that at a certain game or certain games at Dodger Stadium, they were handing him out. So my butt goes on to Amazon, and it turns out for $39.99, you can order your own L.A. Dodgers World Series Jostin's Ring replica. But the only reason why I bring it up, dog, is because right when I walked through the door for a recording, Augie, you can come in on this, too. Thank you. Where's your ball? Um, ultimately, uh, I just saw that Corey Seager signed a 10-year deal with the Texas Rangers. And mm-hmm. when, when you picked out your World Series ring uh, that I picked out, you had to pick a player to go with. There were only like six to choose from. And I have reasons for uh, why I wouldn't pick a lot of them. I was about to go with Kershaw by default. And I like to shit on Seager a lot. But ultimately, Seager, he was the World Series MVP that year. So I got to give him credit. Sorry. So I... I kind of, it's not that I was irked that Seeger got traded to the, the, the Rangers. Sorry, folks, for the editorial blip, but it just went to lo and behold a week or two ago when I was just like, the wife said, Which name do you want on your Dodger ring? I was like, You know what? Give me Seeger, World Series MVP. I'll take it, whatever. But I like Trey Turner. I, I, I want him to be shortstop. And then I walk through the door day and find out Corey Seeger's gone. I'm just like, Well, that's because I bought something with his name on it. That's usually how it goes with me in sports. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because when the Raptors won their NBA championship there a couple of years ago, they the next year had a, a replica ring night where everybody, I think it was their first, first home game. Um, when they're doing the ring That's ceremony, sweet. everyone in the crowd, like 20,000 people got a replica ring as well. And like, they're fucking huge, right? Like they're, they're like the same size, but they're made of like plastic instead of gold. And you know, all the diamonds are fake and I'm, well, I don't know if they're made of plastic per se, cause I didn't touch this guys or whatever, but he told me, he's like, yeah, man, we were just, uh, uh, there were a bunch of Dodger games. They're just handing them out last year or this year. I'm just like, really? And then yeah. like, look on Amazon, man. I looked on Amazon. I was just like, oh, $39.99. A World Series ring can be yours. <laughs> I think I think the Toronto Raptor ones were going for like 20 bucks on eBay after. But Ouch. well, you know, 20 bucks Canadian. So that's like six dollars US. So listen, I have to ask you, I mean, whether people are paying attention or not, thank you for tuning in, all you lovely, lovely, sexy ass listeners. I did not watch any of the match, dude. I, uh, I, I'm proud to say I was on the road for Thursday, Friday for Thanksgiving here in America. And in a 24-hour stretch, I got to see all but one of my blood relatives in the 24-hour stretch. Some people think that's pretty good. Well, I only have five blood relatives, so I saw four of them. But that's still pretty good in my book. So uh, I did not see any of the match. I saw a lot of people bitching about the match beforehand and then a little lighter bitching afterwards. I mean, these, these televised exhibitions, they've been so out of the water for so long that it's just like... They, it's it's not it's not Shell's wonderful world of golf anymore. It's not the skins game anymore. Even though I feel like we're not too far out of orbit from each one of those things. It's just I'm a big fan of exhibition golf, Smitty. How come it doesn't work in this day and age? What's wrong with it? I, I think I, I think you can't you can't stage drama on for for sports, right? So what I mean is Dra- like what do you if- mean drama though? I mean because so, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm in it to see like Tom Brady hit that one random good shot like he did. I'm in it to hear Charles Barkley talk some shit. I don't need to okay, see okay, okay. as interactive as they do, but the whole spectacle, the more it grows, the less negatives I see. That's what I'm saying. I just don't understand. Maybe it's a cable TV problem or, or like time of the week. But I mean, I just don't understand why exhibition play, no matter how good they, how hard they try or how good they do, because I can't blame the production. They're doing a fine job. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have exhibition play, period. So I'm just wondering, how come people are shitting all over these these matches? 
So let's, I, I want to separate the ones with celebrities or like the, the common man golfers to okay. just the pros. I'll allow it. So when it's staged, you know, they're, they're not playing for anything. Sure. They're playing for, I don't, I don't even know what they were playing for this time is it wasn't the $10 million, like the tiger versus Phil it certainly wasn't that. Um, that was definitely, what, that was definitely Phil oriented. I mean, not to say obviously, but well, obviously, compelling golf to me is watching you know a, a guy come through in the clutch to win his first tournament like something that's life-changing for that person right um you know tiger winning the masters uh, the comeback story uh majors are always exciting whether it's a first-time winner or you know tiger and henrik duking it out at at troon like you mean that phil. Phil and Henrik. Sorry. Yes. Phil and Henrik. Did I, did, did I say Tiger? Tigers, did, Whoa, I say, did, I, did I say My Roger? God. Did I say Roger? God, um, Roger. Roger, over. Um, but uh, my apologies. Um, I, 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 I find it hard when it, all it is, is it's a marketing buildup. It's marketing drama. We all knew, I, at least I did. I knew going into this, there was going to be really nothing compelling between Brooks and Bryson, like, what were they going to do? Rip off each other's shirts for not giving a putt on the fifth hole and, and duke it out on the sixth tee? Like, we knew that wasn't going to happen, right? Right, right, right. So we know Brooks is basically just going to roll his eyes at anything Bryson says. Bryson comes up with terrible jokes and hands out cupcakes on the first tee. An ode to, <laughs> an ode to Brooks' cupcake. Um, <laughs> no, that's just good timing, dude. Woo! I want to get zooted. That was fun. <laughs> I never done that um, <laughs> But at the end of the oh, day, it's it's the golf product that creates drama for me, right? It's it's not it's not this prepackaged product. Like if you if you were to say, oh, it's going to be Brooks and Bryson in the final round at the Masters tomorrow, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, sign sure. me up. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat for four hours. If you tell me, oh, it's Brooks and Bryson, um, they're playing some charity match on cable TV the day after Thanksgiving, playing the win Las Vegas, I could care less. I would actually prefer to watch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning go play Pine Valley one v one. Gotcha. Right. Because you talked about Shell's wonderful world of golf. Like, when you look at the roster of courses that they played at, like, they were top 100 like worldwide i'm talking like the creme de la creme like you can look at probably every course that was on that list that they played i guarantee you every one of them was in the top 25 and then they had calorie cliffs thrown in there i think michael campbell played in that one when that course first opened in new zealand but what a spectacular site is that is but to be honest like we know why it's done in vegas we know why it's done at a run-of-the-mill modern course it's because that's what the pros have to play these days um but nah i i'm i couldn't you know even if i i don't even know what channel it was on here in canada i know it was on one of the right. cable specialty channels but right. i, I couldn't right. be bothered to watch i'm sorry all right you're such a grinch mr grinch come on is the season now look it's, i know it's I festivus festivus is coming not christmas that's an interesting thing to say. If you take it as such, <clears throat> look, I didn't watch the match whatsoever, and I apologize, and my excuse, excuses be damned as I was traveling. But, I mean, it, and if I had cable TV or I was somewhere I could watch it, I would actually enjoy watching it. I mean, there, it's, it's something. It's now, The thing that gets me the most about it in terms of, like, making sure, and I'm pretty sure they were bad enough at this that it didn't wind up becoming an issue, but... I wanted people's expectations to be tempered in terms of how like the whole Brooks Bryson rivalry went, because the second they started having the little rivalry, didn't I, I, somebody, Gary, go, go dig it up on one of the old podcasts. But remember how I said, it's like, Oh, these guys are doing it all wrong. And if they want to make something of this behind the scenes, like Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman style, they're peaking way too early and they became bros way too early. And in the end, it never really was sensational in the first place. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, at the very, very onset of a quote, Brooks and Bryson rivalry, we had something, but even then I was quoting, or not quoting, I was citing like professional wrestling standards and situations where I'm like, okay, now if they play their cards right, this could be a great six to nine month arc. It really could be. But other than a couple goofy ass memes, we have nothing to show for it. I mean, and yeah, it was obviously all for charity, blah, blah, blah. It was always going to be, unless Phil's attached. I mean, and he throws in there like, hey, we're going to double or nothing, 20 million. I mean, who's to say? Now, but what I will say is, is 
from what I did see, I, I saw some clips. They put together a YouTube, uh, like an official the match recap. It was like seven minutes long or something, which um, they basically clipped the best parts. Obviously, it's a highlight package. One thing I will say is I love Phil in the booth. And I never thought I would say this maybe two, three years ago. But I love Ooh, Phil in the booth. Is, is this the first you've heard him in the booth? Yeah, it is. Okay. Because he he so, popped in he popped in at a, another I don't want to say match or event or something like that but he 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 got into the booth for a second for long enough that it was kind of like our first dose of Tony Romo where everyone's like oh and and and, so that, and that's what it was yesterday it's so funny sorry on. I have credit. this I have this instilled in my bones and I was talking to my group today when we were when we were playing on number nine at trails I said I really wish I was a golf course commentator. Trouble is, I'm a little 15 years behind the curve because I haven't even, I can't even get a high school football game locally. You know, you got to really break into that market, and it's a tiny market around here. Except Red Devil State Football Champions this year, also Marshfield and Sayuslaw, three Mm -hmm. in this area swept. Anyways, but I've always had an affinity for Johnny Miller, not because it's like one of those like, oh, you're either CNN or Fox or like you're one camp or the other or something like that. Johnny Miller to me sounded when I heard him like talk when he commentated. It's like this is how I talk when I'm watching TV. Or when we're, us and our friends are watching TV. The second I see somebody hit a golf shot that's bad, maybe it's just because I've seen a thousand million golf shots in my life, but I can tell you right away, I'm like, oh, he pulled it. Or, oh, he thinned it. Or, oh, God, he hit that fat. That's what I'd say on the microphone. But instead, all these other stuffy dorks are like, oh, well, well, it looks like it's a little flat. Uh, John? I mean, just like, the, whatever. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there listening to Johnny going, well, he's just being a regular dude, calling it like he sees it. And everyone ostracized him, or at least the people who didn't like him as such. And ever since he left, part of me is like, well, who is the Johnny Miller now? There isn't one. Uh, Smitty, we got to get on tour. We got to we gotta start our own broadcasting network, something. I mean. The, the everyday pot, our broadcast and the everyday podcast. Uh, you know, as much as I like that, but one, once we get big, we don't want to call ourselves that. Like, like I, I, I hate to say it. I want us to get like big enough garage band style or not that I want to have a situation where one of us has to stab each one of the other in the back because you got the contract for NBC and I didn't or vice versa. But one of us is going to the show. <laughs> one more thing I want to want to hit on from the match is before we wrap up. Oh, <laughs> how good was Brooks's iron game? Hmm. That's a great question, considering I didn't watch. Um, I would like to answer your question of the question. Well, I don't know, Smitty. How good was Brooks's Iron Game? <laughs> it was good. It was good. At one point, uh, I think it was a par three over water, like a tucked pin, like a sucker pin right on the edge of the water uh, back right. And, and Brooks actually kind of pushed it just right and like hit it to like 12 feet. I think that was the last hole, number 12, as they played, um, or whatever hole he won on. Um but man, like he looks sharp. There's a there's a few that like basically he was shrugging off his caddy. Like you could hear the caddy be like, like be be good, you know? Is it the one? And he's basically like, oh yeah, it's the one. You're we're we're good. So love that. Oh, love that. I love that dripping of confidence. I I really do, especially on like iron shots when you know like in in the air it's like damn like oh it's oh. it's good don't worry. You know, see you now when I played trails today, I even commented halfway through my round, even though I was playing pretty good, and then I had like a bad four hole stretch, and I kind of pulled it together. But I did birdie sixteen at trails. That's the only time I can ever say I've done that before the par five. It wasn't windy, but whatever. But ultimately, I like said to our group today, I'm like, man, I'm the anti Rory McIlroy because like one ten to one twenty day, I was nails. Like I just, I had my 50 degree in my hand and I was just like, and I was hitting it so good. And then sometimes I'd accidentally grab the 46 and it was too much, but I was like, I still was hitting it good. I was just like, oh man, I was just all the hell over it. I mean, oh dude, the 50 degree. And I had several shots today with the 64 degree, probably shouldn't have had them, but they, uh, it, I think today was the first day the 64 degree got to stretch its legs and not in a full swing sense in the short game sense. Like mm. I had a, I had a scrambled egg downhill, Line a bunker green side on a on number eight, the short par four. I drove it into the bunker and I was like, well, this is why I have the 64 because I know how to hit this. And I hit it so perfectly. It came out low, but it came out soft with a lot of sand, just right of the hole, hit on top of the hill. And if only, if only we could produce check from that kind of shot, it would have worked. But instead, it just released like normal and rolled all the way down to the bush line where I proceeded to do a backhanded shot and miss and like a shot in the bushes and miss and. That wasn't the club's fault on those misses, but I mean, that was just, uh, you know, it, yeah. So, but I mean, 64 degree got to stretch his legs out. I mean, hit a lot of fun shots today. Just, just as Corin Crenshaw, I'm sure designed those green surrounds is just for you in a 64 degree wedge. Now for the record, 
and I'm not sharing my score because it was the first time I played the golds because uh, our the the wife played the oranges and our friend he was eh, about at retirement age so he was playing the golds which might have been a little long for him but we still I said I'll play whatever tees you play knowing that it's like oh I've never played trails from the golds before let alone no wind I mean that can make a big difference in a lot of things so I found myself taking driver over bunkers I wouldn't think I would. But also when I got to number six, that hole with the Crenshaw line, I purposely was sitting, I shot the top of the bunker from the golds. I'm like, 153. Oh, well, how about I just hit a six iron up the right side? Because I wanted to hit the right side on purpose. But but you can do it with a mid iron, not necessarily with a driver or a fairway wood, because who knows what will happen if you miss a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I hit the six iron directly over the bunker, and it like rolled down to the left right in front of the other trap. And I was like, oh, thank God. I wanted to play from up there, but Jesus, I just pumped a six iron like 180 right over the bunker. Like, whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. Anyways, but uh, so yeah, uh, the match. I'm. Uh, I, I I hope that they don't quit doing matches. I don't care what the format is. I mean, even back in the day when they used to do like a uh, Tiger versus Sergio, and then like Tiger versus David Duval, and then like Tiger and Annika versus Duval and Kari Webb, or things like that. I mean, it, it, I don't care if it's gimmicky. They did them at courses like the Bridges, where you could have lights on them at night, which I I think is baller. You want, I, I mean, that's pretty cool. Time golf that people are going to sit down at home and watch do it in the evening when everyone's out of school and work and whatnot. I mean, I don't want to call it good old fashioned TV, but go back to Shell's wonderful world of golf and, and its predecessors in terms of remember on golf channel, when they would like show those old matches that were just like exhibitions between like Palmer and Nicholas or just like, or just like so-and-so and, and Sarazen. I mean, and they'd be like, Sarazen hit his drive 280 yards, but he is slightly off the right into the rough. Meanwhile, Ben Hogan slightly topped and hooked his drive. He's 260 yards, but still in the fairway. Like just, it just, and then they, they would show it from the overhead with like the yarn and the and the like the push pins. And then they would come back to not live, but like footage on the course where it's like Ben Hogan with a six iron into the green. It's like, and it's it, it's perfect. I mean, they can't make movies like this, and this is real footage. Too bad it's golf and it's boring and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a. Like I said, it, it's almost like a pre-packaged meal, right? Like you know exactly what you're going to get. There's no flair to it. There's no there's no drama. It's just here it is. If, if you want to eat it, just eat it. But you know, it's now, not, not going to be great. Let me let me cut this sandwich in half, and I'll rub half in your face, and I'll scarf the other half down. I, I not to say I, I'm sick of using this word. Maybe I just don't like this word. But also, it's like, does there have to be quote unquote drama? All the stuff you mentioned before that, where it's like the pop, the circumstance, the flair, the gimmicks, the celebrities coming in, doing whatever. I'm kind of all for that. Hell, if all of a sudden at home, they show a graphic that looks like Top Golf, where it's just like, if they get in this ring red, this ring yellow, this ring green, and then, but they don't know it and they're hitting shots. This is all just entertainment for your casual eye. That's all I'm saying. People, Smitty, people like the show Holy Moly. I've watched one episode. It's garbage. What's Holy Moly? It's on Hulu, which means it's uh, on one of the major TV networks in America, but it's a... Uh, it's a uh, uh, God. I don't know how to describe it. It's a uh, mini golf, and it's hosted by Rob Riggle and another guy who do commentary. And I love Rob Riggle; he's funny. But I mean, I watched like the first episode. I'm just like, barf. This is not good. This is like Netflix money bad. Like we're just like, hey, here, just make a show, just do it. I mean, and then I've had people come back. It, it's been on for a few years, and people come back to me. Sorry if you like Holy Moly, folks. It's not. I'm not saying I have the discerning eye, but I mean, I love a million things. Holy moly isn't one of them. I'll try again, but I mean, it's just, when I watched it, I'm like, this could be better for a lot of things. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just dorky is the best thing I could call it. So so you mentioned, you know, things that'll draw people in. So let's say you are a consumer of golf, right? Like you just, you're flying the wall. It's the Friday after Thanksgiving. golf every day. And why would you why would you ever watch the match would you watch it for the golf or would you watch it for like phil and barkley you know jabbing at other people i i think it's i think it's one of those things where it's just an all-encompassing thing where for me personally when i tune into golf it is just for the golf in the end or something in the background but ultimately the extra stuff is the stuff i think is fun and granted barkley might not have a reason or a chance to like get like chippy or throw a bet down with somebody or Excuse me. God, oh, I just had a dozen wings and a burger at, at, at Puffin. Whew. At the same time, too. I haven't done that before. Um, but but who's to say, like, there is that off chance that they could come out of the booth and be like, what? What'd you say? Whatever. I'm not looking for that. I'm not suggesting that should ever happen. <clears throat> I do like, maybe, maybe it's moreover, I don't like how golf broadcasts are just done in the first place. Really. So I don't, not that I'm looking for something different, but if you can just oversaturate me with, like, golf coverage or golf stuff, 24 hours a day, every day, like golf channel tries to do, then I'm in. 
I mean, I get why they scheduled the, the Champions Tour, PJ Tour, and, and the LPJ Tour events are on different days. But I mean, and I know like it's hard to get top talent to go play in an exhibition, let alone charity, blah, blah, blah. Uh, see you later, Tiger Woods and Bahamas. But ultimately, I just, I like it for the variety. And I can't really compare it to anything else in a sports sense, especially from a, an American perspective, because when it comes to sports in America, they're really the only individual sport on a mainstream level is golf. Maybe you could compare it to like NASCAR, but NASCAR is a part of racing where it's like, okay, NASCAR is the top. They do the truck races on Fridays or Saturdays. Oh, if you didn't make it that far, maybe you're racing dune buggies or you're on the dirt track or like you're like somewhere down in Tennessee doing some other like smaller race or whatever. But in the end, you're still racing. I mean, it's kind of a loose tie, but I trying to compare something to golf. But ultimately, I just want to see I don't want to see something different. I just feel like the more golf I get to see, the more opportunity we have. It's like the why I like baseball. There's a ton of baseball every year. But if you really have a chance to watch a lot of it, the more odds you are to get to see some cool and crazy shit. That's all. And 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 usually baseball announcers aren't that bad. Golf announcers are terrible. I guess that's my that's my end. <laughs> yeah, and maybe mixing up a format too, right? If it's gonna be four pros, maybe straight alternate shot. Maybe like uh, maybe like a Chapman where you have to take like nine of of each person's drive, and that way somebody's not driving it well, like they're euchred and Absolutely. you're having to like something fun like that. Like I think that would be a lot. Is that's more like. Especially okay, if you, like, bring in, you bring in the mixed genders, like have the Corda sisters yeah. split up and team up with like Rom, uh, Rom in one Corda and 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 uh, and Rory in another Corda, and yeah. you do alternate shot, like you said, or Chapman, or those those formats are meant for that. I mean, exactly. it's just I, now see the, the stuff we're talking about. Now let's just pretend a year from now they're doing it. I would say not to say your tune would change, but I'd just be like, see, this is what we were wanting. This is we were just wanting more stuff. It's well, just, we just really hard, it's really hard considering all these golf pros when they're trying to make a living on their tour. They have to dedicate so much time and effort to their main endeavor, obviously. So, <clears throat> yeah, and, and like the, the the golf enthusiast has watched enough seventy two hole stroke play events to to last a lifetime, right? Like, show me something different. Like that's I think what makes obviously like the Ryder Cup so great or the Solheim Cup, not so much the President's Cup, but those different formats that we don't really see. Like, and those are fun for for myself to play at my club. Like a a two man, two man best ball matches. Uh, Our our two man tournament is a a modified alternate shot and a modified scramble. Like those are fun formats to play. Things you don't do every day, and they they really make you think, right? And those are the things that. With the right commentators talking about, oh, why are you choosing this one over that one? Oh, well, he likes this shot better than that one. Like, that's cool to listen to. And I think that that would be maybe the next layer of these matches is let's get a little more creative on the formats. Sure. I mean, well, see, we just we have to have the matches in the first place to get to that. What you're exactly what you're saying. That's why I'm just a big proponent of extra golf. Promonent, proponent, proponent. I had a double Tito's and Red Bull when we teed off at 9.30, and I had three big Lagunitas throughout the day. And then for lunch, I had a double Lagavulin. So you definitely have mixed up the formats today. A little bit, a little bit. But usually, I when we record, I tend to keep it pretty dry until we record. And then you can tell by the end of the recording, it's like, oh, yeah, he hit the pedal pretty hard because he's throwing his feet after 60 minutes. He just started drinking for 60 minutes. <clears throat> I need this. These, uh, my doctor gave me a prescription. Doctor's orders. Anyways, um, listen. Uh, I just heard this when I was having dinner, no more than uh, an hour, two hours ago. But uh, Lee Elder, uh, rest in peace. Did you hear about this at yeah. all? Or when I texted you, did you understand what that meant? Because I was watching. I was in a golf place with golf on TV, and it, it just like came across like bam. I mean, it was almost like breaking news. Sputnik is in orbit. I mean. Yeah, obviously sad news to hear. Uh, the elder, of course, the first African-American to play in the Masters. Um, and, you know, was just brought on as part of an, uh, as, <clears throat> excuse me, as part of the honorary starters for the Masters this past spring. Just the last um, year. I know they were looking for bodies, yeah. no pun intended, but I mean, because it used to be, it used to be Nelson and Sneed. And poor Nelson, you know, he was pretty old. Sneed was great until the very last year he did it. That was the only year he didn't look good. But, I mean, Sneed, slamming Sneed was great. But then, I hate to say, there was a little bit of a rift because for a while where I aimed into my head, I'm like, well, the next obvious guy would be Jack or Arnie. But they they still had about 
five to ten years of honorary playing privileges too and, and with mm-hmm. and player, and player two and player can still get his ass around the golf course so mm-hmm. ultimately i was that was another when they were showing all the things and the highlights that was the thing that shocked me really because i was just like oh yeah they just named a starter last year i mean that was not saying long time coming or, or a timely thing in the way our world is not our world it's mostly america how we're culturally kind of like disenfranchised or whatever in terms of like what we think is important or what what we think other th- people think about us and what they think about they think about just exactly but i was just i was kind of shocked and it's like well not to say we we're looking for people but why didn't you call the elder about 10 years ago i mean i i kind of thought not in a not in a search for participants but he fit the bill perfectly there aren't too many cats in their 80s whether they can swing a club or walk around or not, who have any type of Augusta prestige. And this, now we're going to start going to the Olaf Abels and O'Mara and Crenshaw and uh, and stuff like that, or, or even like Sandy Lyle, or, or I, I, even though he won the one time, but or maybe twice. How about we just pull Faldo out of the booth? We give him five minutes as an honorary starter and just say, run free, just get out of here. You don't have to do any more TV this weekend. <laughs> so essentially what you're saying is, we we get we put Faldo in the back seat of the car. And we pull up to the first team. We just open the door and we just say, "You're free. Just go on." Like like we drive him up to the farm just, on top just, of the hill. And just, just run free. <laughs> just run, run free. Oh just my get god! The I, hell out of here. I know. No, I haven't. No, I, I haven't made fun of you for movie references lately. But please tell me. I'm guessing where you got that from. That was Wolf of Wall Street, right? Oh yeah. Oh thank yeah. God. Oh you're a genius. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Just yeah. just just be free. Just run free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Like, take him to a place that, like, can you know, take care of it. Take and stuff. care of himself. And then, his, oh, his eyes get real big. Jonah Hill is, oh, speaking of Jonah Hill, uh, non sequitur, a lot of friends of mine are Grateful Dead fans. I guess I'm not a deadhead, even though I appreciate their music and I love it. But if you're not one of them, you're not one of them. They don't treat you weird. It's just, you know, you're not one of them. But um, love the Grateful Dead. Great band. I guess they're doing a Jerry Garcia biopic, and uh, Jonah Hill is going to play Jerry Garcia. Who's J- Jerry Garcia? He's the musician, right? Okay, see, yeah, we're, we're about to lose a lot of listeners, so we should probably change the subject. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Garcia was um uh, one of the guitarist lead singers for Grateful Dead. And uh, okay. yeah. I remember Half-Baked, I mean, his his likeness and his image has been used for a ton of stuff. I mean, uh, are you telling me you've never eaten Cherry Garcia and didn't understand where the name came if, from? If, if you showed me, like, 10 photos of the greatest guitarists yeah. of all time, like, I could pick off, like, Jimmy Page... I could pick off like the Metallica guys. I could pick off Carlos Santana. Um, I would not have been able to say that's Jerry Garcia. Interesting, because I mean, not to say he's distinct, but I mean, he—I I feel like I've seen his face attached to like half a dozen bumper sticker com- companies out there, where they just like put his like mug in his beard with the glasses and everything. I mean, he's the he epitome like, of tie dye and funny glasses. I mean, come on. He looks like one of. The, he looks like a guy. So like. I, I've got a dog, so I go on lots of walks and stuff. Like he looks like a guy that like wanders around like the the walkways, like the pet the walking paths, and just one of those like old guys just out to go. Hey, how you doing? Like he just he's just out for a walk, and his only purpose when he's out on the walk is just to say hello to everyone that walks by. Just hello, how's it going? Good to see <coughs> ya. He's afraid he'd be a lot meaner than that. That no, is that's 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 what he looks like. He just looks like some. Also, Normal dude, that'd be walking around the path. Maybe also, near, I'm not near I school. Why, I don't know. Why I'm defending him. Easy, easy, buddy. <laughs> I'm glad I caught that. Woo. So yeah, back to uh, back to Lee Elder. Uh, we got. <laughs> yeah, that took a quick Tangent turn for the City, worse there. Tangopolis. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, Larry, uh, I don't know why I want to keep saying Larry Elder. I think that's uh, somebody else, obviously. But Lee Elder. Um, four-time PGA Tour winner, eight-time Champions Tour winner. Uh, I actually, I didn't get a chance to look up his, um, you know how I like looking up uh, on Wikipedia, it shows the golfers, um, their performances in majors, but before mm-hmm. I looked that up, whoops, yeah, before I looked that up, uh, what else have you gotten uh, on Lee Elder, like since I asked you, hey, uh, do an info dump? I, I haven't had enough time to... I had a pretty busy afternoon and evening here, but um, we're making a big drink. <laughs> I took like three minutes. Um, you know, it, <laughs> ooh, as ooh. as as the first man to ever play in the Masters, obviously, or sorry, first African American to play in the Masters, um, right? He he's the trailblazer. Trailblazer. Um, that is a big drink. I, huh? I I did hear a, a good story today about you know there's 
those images of him at 97 at the masters when tiger was winning um and and lee was like an invited guest of the club it sounds like that that day um and when he was basically called and then invited to come over he ended up having to speed and was speeding on his way to the course he was pulled over um and the officer that pulled him over was like you know hey like you know you're speeding blah 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 blah. you gotta remember this is the south in the late 90s and you know a black man driving the car so i'm not gonna go any farther into that don't don't say late 90s you can say the south that means a certain thing, but I like to think the late '90s wasn't exactly a a, a time per se that no. was like really rife. It was the region isn't as bad as you think, but I know exactly what he was. He was around a bunch of good old boys, and they were the police. That's that's nope. what we call them, good old but, boys. Uh, but Lee, I guess, is like, hey, like I'm Lee Elder. Like I'm tr- I'm going to Augusta National. Like I need to get there. Like can we can we do something about this? Like let's go, let's go, let's go. And finally, yeah, like right. finally, the guys like what's the masters like what's it what's augusta national like blah, blah blah like like i don't i don't know who you are i've never heard of you and finally like he officer finally comes back with the ticket and he goes yeah i i don't care about golf like here's your ticket get the hell out of here basically and that's his story he's like well he's that like, could have been a lot worse i mean i definitely i, I would have thought like it would have been the guy would have been like oh you're going where because it's nearby and we know so it's like oh let me give you an escort sir i mean oh your wife's pregnant i know where the, the hospital is let's go i mean whether yeah. he him or not it's like if it's around that area the only dubious thing about that story i think is it's like wait there's a police officer who's just like what's augusta national it's like well whether you're into golf or not whether i'm into tennis or not i know where fucking wimbledon is okay i mean i know i, I know and i know when like when i was in san diego i never went to comic-con but god damn did i know when and where it was oh boy, oh boy. now you know obviously lee elder um charlie siffer these are guys that were trail bra- trail blazers i'm having maybe, a tough time with that word today maybe you just change the term so you're better <laughs> um it paved the way for tiger woods way pavers does this give tiger a little extra motivation to get back for the masters this year in order Ooh, to you bring of... another you bring another great tiger question except is he going to use a cart no this is even better is this inspiration quite possibly Right before I came in here and started recording, the wife gave me some golf news about what Tiger said, what he's intending his schedule on being next year. Have you heard anything about mm-hmm. this? Okay, so she yeah, was just, just just a very little bit. I haven't been so apparently Ben yeah, he's gonna call his ball once a year. Yeah, apparently he uh why not has a has a golf.com article out. I haven't been able to read it yet. Um, but he he details basically he's gonna play an extremely limited schedule and he's just gonna have to listen to his body and and whatever his body allows him to play that's what he's doing so not we're, we got plenty to talk about tiger to bring it back to the uh the elder stuff it was it really kind of dawned on me when i was having lunch today like just thinking about in terms of like the era that lee elder played oh and by the way i looked up his results in majors not good never had a top 10 uh, he played in one British Open, made the cut, but I mean, he played in a handful of majors, got cut in at least half of them. It, it, it's, I was expecting to see a couple gems in there, a couple like little highlighted boxes, but um, he was in an era, most especially where I'm not gonna say civil rights, or whatever. I I want to compare him to like Jackie Robinson for baseball, or even per se like maybe Hank Aaron. Now, granted, those two players were, especially one of them, the latter, were extraordinarily statistically talented at their sports. Jackie Robinson, I love the guy, especially because I'm a Dodger fan, and I love what he did for the game. But, I mean, if you go to baseball reference and look up his stats, he was a pesky base-stealing second baseman. That was about it. I mean, he wasn't exactly – he didn't really break any other records except the most important one, per se. But it's like golf definitely didn't get the attention, yet Lee Elder was going through the same goddamn bullshit that other black athletes were going through at the same time. And because I think – I, I, I think uh, Ralston, our friend we played with, he asked the question about like, we were, we were trying to gauge, it's like, so where did the hate end for African-American athletes? And I'm sure Tiger Woods got some bad mail or death threats, but I, oh, yeah. I'm certain of it. But that's also because he's so big that you're going to get letters from every single denomination. So mm-hmm. I was trying to really go back and be like, oh, Michael Jordan, well, he was great, but he maybe the same situation. So I really kind of shuffled it back down to Lee Elder. I'm like, poor Lee Elder. This guy probably dealt with the brunt of all the shit that these poor African-Americans had to deal with. And he was still struggling to make a living at his sport being a not exactly prominent or dominant player. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's why that's why I only shoehorn him in with like 
Hank Aaron and uh, and Jackie Robinson because it was a, a little after, definitely after Jackie Robinson, but still civil rights was still a boiling thing. He had to put up with like how he grew up playing golf, like dealing with all that shit. I mean, it's it took a lot of perseverance. It, it really, really did. And this isn't me like just kowtowing to like anyone who like wants to be sensitive. It's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm opinionated I'm conservative and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to racial equality, that's something that should come up first and foremost for everybody, especially, I mean, and coming back to the root of why you and I are talking, baby golf, like golf and music are like the two unifiers I can think of on this planet that we can all get along with. If as long as you're into golf. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny how that works, right? Yeah. The trailblazers. The first people to do it, right? Ah, not, not trail brazers. Good job. No, not trail braziers. Um, it, it it's it, it's not funny. It's it's unfortunate, and and it's it, it's just the reality of it, right? That the people that always do something first, uh, whether it's business, whether it's social, whether it's it's sports, they are the ones that usually have to sacrifice the most, right? They're the ones that have to sludge through it who are always going to be doubted, called names, whatever it might be. Um, and oftentimes, maybe, well, oftentimes they're not the most successful, right? The elder, for instance, right? He didn't go out and win five majors and, and had his own endorsement deals, right? He's a man that also had to work a full-time job to support his family. Um, golf in the 60s and 70s was not the most lucrative thing in the world if you were outside the top 20 in the world, Right driving and at that time flying was jack extremely nicholas, expensive dude. you were jack nicholas i had to explain that to somebody the other day that's like what made jack so good i'm like he was a lunch paler i'm not yeah. saying he wasn't the greatest he he played in every single tournament known to man for 25 years and you know what turns out he was good enough he won a lot of them but he played every day day in day out sorry mm -hmm. yeah and, and and that's just the, the way it was the way it is it's the way it always will be you know whether it's the next you know, big thing in whatever sport, you know, you see uh, kids like Al Alfonso Davies, African-American, Canadian, sorry, Canadian, African, I, I don't know, African-Canadian. Anyways. Um, you know, that's a new term I haven't heard before, but a way to work through it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's trailblazing his way through, uh, through the German league, right? Um, the yeah, Bundesliga. Um, you know, there's, there's so many parallels. You, you, you can look at Sayri Pak, uh, the Reina Ochoa on the LPGA, right? The, the Korean players that came over, didn't speak great English. They, they had the talent, right? And I'm sure a bunch of American and white people are like, ah, oh, well, look at all the Asian girls now taking over the tour. Like, what the hell is this all about? Well, you know, who got the brunt of it first off was probably Sayri Pak, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Hey, or, or just all ladies in the first place. You, I mean, you, you look at that level. You, you look at the Russians that came over to the NHL uh, in in the late '80s. You know, broke those barriers with the Soviet the Soviet Union and everything else. Um, that happened in in sports, right? Come on. So, uh, no matter what it is, you know what walk of life you come from. There, there's always going to be burdens and obstacles in your way and and unfortunately you know what we've seen is is minorities usually have to have to break down more of those doors to get to where they they go so um it's unfortunate that it has to happen but it, it's a reality you're absolutely right and i think in order to put a whole button on this i heard a really uh great hitler story yesterday would you like to hear it not i i do but i'm very very concerned where this might lead well, if you say yes, it doesn't mean I was going to say it or not. I was going to, and it's no indictment on you, but um, so I'm really into these history shows. And yeah, there's a lot of talk about the, uh, a lot of Nazis escaping on the rat tunnels down to Argentina. Like that's a yeah. very new thing. Oh yeah. yeah. They, they, Dr. Mengele was walking around down there doing stuff. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, one day, and I hadn't heard this before until literally yesterday, this golfer I was working near told me the story and he said, yeah, uh, Hitler was down in the jungles of Argentina. And I was just like, first of all, I'm like, there aren't jungles in Argentina. He's just like, no, hear me out. He was hunting in the jungles of Argentina and some people came across him years ago and they found him. They're just like, Hey, Adolf, what are you, what are you doing hunting in the jungles of Argentina? He said, I am on the hunt for three ballerinas and all of the Jews. And these guys kind of looked at each other and said, why are you hunting for three ballerinas? And he's like, see, nobody cares about the Jews. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Happy Hanukkah. It was first day of Hanukkah yesterday. Oh. No, hey, you you you're being weird. I am I am half converted Jewish, and I I that is that is those are my peoples. If I could pick any peoples first and foremost, it is the Hebrew nation. I, I know I'm not good enough for them to accept me, but they are my people and I will support them a million percent. <laughs> I, and the way, when the guy started telling me the story, right off the bat, I looked at him and said, like, this is a bullshit story, isn't it? And he's just like, no, hear me out. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a stupid joke. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Misdirection, Smitty, is the key. <laughs> yes, so, I, I, I will say that. Sorry, Lee Elder, I, didn't, I, I only made that button so we could shift gears and get on to the rest of our conversation because Schmitty, I don't want to keep him up all night. Um, so we, you, you told me Tiger's playing the Bahamas. Uh, yeah. Check. That's his tournament. Is he, is he going to take up one eighteenth of the field? So he's not playing. He's not. Oh, playing. he's, he he's hosting. He's hosting. Um, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh my God. I was about to say the stupidest thing ever. I was like, why isn't he playing? I mean, excuse me. I, I know why. <laughs> so it, you know, I, I'm just trying to catch up on on. You baited me. You know, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, current, <laughs> you current, current golf news while um, while recording here. Um, oh, spot good. left open for potential PNC appearance. So the father son turn um, is where we may see him. And I, no, I wait, wait, hold be, on. Are the, are the dailies in that tournament? I, I couldn't tell you if they are or not. Um, because that, if they are, that, then no can do on the Woods family. If the dailies are teeing it up, you well, know that the only knows, person to beat Colin Marikawa is Little John. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, is Little John allowed to play with his NCAA eligibility, or how's that work? But I believe they're allowed to sign endorsements now, so I, I'm sure him getting maybe an appearance fee, maybe that's allowed now. Um, I forgot who little knows? John was old too, honestly. I, I thought he was like 17 or 16, but I mean, yeah, you're right. I think he's 18 or 19. Yeah, he's, he's uh, I think he's a freshman at University of Arkansas. This is the little Smitty kid watch as he's typing it in. <laughs> oh, god, if we had better production, I would have like dr- dropped a graphic on you. <laughs> well, if I still had my mustache, if you had the right? mustache, oh, I was, oh, yeah, I forgot to bring that up. If you still had the mustache, oh, you undercover poive. <laughs> well on that note i have to go check in with my parole officer um really nah. i said oh i'm sorry you should have told uh, me <laughs> yeah like I, I i think that'd be cool for tiger to attend that tournament you know first time back pretty low-key i think it's only 36 holes as well and it's like a scramble with his son like some some heart heart pulling you know feel good moments there um now as for Tiger returning to competitive golf, like I said, like, is this going to be, you know, is he, is he aiming for maybe one or two tournaments in the spring? Um, I doubt he's going to play any of these fall series events, but no, of course uh, not, no. but you know, maybe a return to now they do. Um, when's this tournament in Riviera? Is that February? Early February, February or March. February. It's, yeah. it's the West Coast swing is they do the first two weeks are in Hawaii yeah. So I would say January 15th through September, February, September, February 15th is when they hit up like uh, the San Diego and LA courses. And by San Diego, I mean, just Torrey Pines. So like I just being a decently informed golf enthusiast, like I would say maybe that's where he wants to return is the site oh, of his ooh. crash one year later. No. no. Oh, oh, see. Oh, here you go. You, you didn't say the word drama, but you got a flair for the dramatic Smitty. Nice try, but Tory and Riviera are some tracks. Like, I hate to say it, like, I think he has to wait for, like, the Honda Classic if he's going to make his PGA Tour return. Maybe Augusta. Remember, remember how we were saying, like, is he going to make his debut at Augusta just a week ago? And now you're talking about, is he going to make his debut at Riviera? Like, hello? No. What about well, Pebble the- Beach? You do Pebble Beach, maybe. I'll, I'll give you that much just based on that course or that, that area. That's all. That's five rounds, though, isn't it? Or is it only four? Four. Oh, no, sorry. The other one's five rounds. The the old oh, Bob Hope. Bob Hope Chrysler, yeah. yeah. But, but ultimately, ultimately I hate to say it, I'm just thinking about courses on the West Coast Swing to see which one he'd be possibly eligible to come back to. I hate to say it. I'll take the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but I'll give you yeah. 10 to 1 on that that he'll even come back. I mean, I want him to come back, but Riviera is, is a marathon course. Tory mm-hmm. Pines... 
is it's not physically daunting, but if he's not playing accurately or hitting accurately, that course is a P90X track. Like it, it's got it's got tough fair it, it's got narrow fairways, tough greens, lots of thick rough. It's the reason why I always say yes. I'm glad a tournament, a PGA Tour tournament, is played at Tory every year because it's like yes, this course is perfect. Everyone should play it once in their life. But honestly, if you're one of those guys who can play it on a video game and you've been on the ocean before, you don't have to get out to play Tory. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very difficult, very, it is what you're looking at course. It's fine. But as I've also said time and time again on the podcast before, Southern California doesn't have too many golf courses on the ocean or with water views. And it turns out Tory Pines boasts a ton of it. Now, this isn't just a guy talking for working at the Band Dunes Golf Resort. We have two miles of literally coastline golf amongst all the courses. And one of the courses is even on the, the ocean. But like I remember working at Encinitas Ranch, one of the things they boasted was you can see the ocean from five of the fairways. And I'm just like, that is a stupid thing to say. Turns out it's true. And I saw a couple neat sunsets. And, but then when I thought about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, what other courses really do see the ocean? I can name a few, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's not atypical for Southern California. So Torrey Pines, I used to shit on it for being overrated, but I think it's, it's as long as you have the right set of eyes, it's, it's the perfect course for what it is. And the North done under the renovation five, six, seven years ago. I never got to play the North before or after, but I've heard ever since they did the North renovation. Ooh, I heard it's one of the primo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so. it would be interesting. Like, I don't think it's. I don't think he would ever make a return to Tory first, first, just for those exact things, right? Like, he, he, but no, Scottsdale. Oh man, why not? Imagine, I mean, imagine if we're talking about creating sensation. I mean, I'm. A, I know the course a little bit and it doesn't seem to me to be too physically daunting. So, I mean, why the hell not? That's, that would be unbelievable. Did I just Man, blow your that's... mind for once? Awesome. Well, I, I think mean, the really reason he, I, I think the reason he doesn't play there is that he would be such a huge, like, not, I, I don't want to use. Yeah. Like that's the word I want to use, but I don't want to use it in a derogatory no. way. It, another, it would just be another D word. He's a huge draw. Absolutely. It would be like Woodstock, like just yeah. the oh, amount yeah. of people flocking there to watch him play. Bring like, it back to Jerry Garcia, Jonah Hill, Woodstock. Okay. I'm listening. All right. We're clicking. All right. Oh, yeah. Like he's, he would be, um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name, but I, I'm Jimi Hendrix. Thank you. Jimi Hendrix on acid Man, doing the American National I Anthem. For movies. You're bad at music, huh? <laughs> what, do you just listen like... to drink up there? That's it? <laughs> oh, God. I, I, yeah, no. well, you were talking uh, Raptors earlier, man. You were, I had to I had to bring up Drake before you brought up Mike Weir. Boom! Oh! Uh, oh, it's like three in a row! Oh, man. I've been I was, sitting on that, too. I've been sitting on Mike Weir. I, I was trying to I wedge was, Mike... I was trying to wedge him Mike Weir on the Lee Elder talk, and I couldn't. Oh, I've been sitting on this! <laughs> I I was actually about to slide him in right after he made the Canada and obviously Drake reference there. That is what um, she said. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Hey, what, what's your hockey question for the week? Come on, bring it at me. Oh, that's that's fun. I don't have one. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you would. Oh, you nope. didn't? I, I'm sure, didn't think I, I would. Or wouldn't. Why would do you think you didn't know that I think you knew that I wouldn't or would not or would? I don't know. I was just kind of <laughs> yanking your chain there. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm actually surprised you haven't asked me any like rules based questions. Like, well, oh, I always okay, see, do okay, this. Look, look, look. look. I started that. to when I talked about the whole offsides thing because yes. I know that's like that's like like I said, the rules of craps. So I got to be explained again and again and again, and then it has something to do with the blue line, right? <laughs> yeah, like you can't if you are not the puck carrier, you can't cross the blue line before the puck. All right, that's simple. I got that. So wait, I I did bring up something Gary brought up uh, a week ago, but I don't know if we talked about it too much. He said uh, he said Tony Twist, and you said oh he's bringing up all these goons, or whatever. But then we started talking about something else. I mean, we didn't talk about Tony Twist at all. That's my question. Who is Tony did. Twist, and why doesn't he have a cereal? Oh, what? We we totally talked about him. Okay, well, played for the Nordiques and somebody else, and just yeah, block careers, hung around for a know, few years. Beat up a of bunch our, of guys. Look, of our dozens and dozens of listeners, I think they like me more than they like you, so they'll tolerate my mistakes more, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, what about you? Wait, what, so what what are you what are you paying attention to in hockey right now? How many games are we into the season? Uh so 
American Thanksgiving is is the first kind of barometer of the season. So basically, we always use this. We're about a quarter of the way through the season is is where we're at. About twenty games out of eighty two, um, give or take. Obviously, a team's individual schedules. Um, it's an interesting year, though, right? We're first year post covid and i'm putting that in quotations because there's still teams coming down with outbreaks things like that and those damn um, south africans you can't trust them but uh it's also an, it's also an olympic year so uh nhl players are back competing in the olympics they did not compete in the 2018 games um due to did they yes Yes. Oh, yes. They I'm, did. Sorry, so, I'm sorry. I interrupted you due to what? Why didn't they play in 2018? Uh, the NHL and the International Ice Hockey Federation, who like kind of run the Olympic hockey for the Olympics, uh, could not come to a labor agreement. So what happens is, is the NHL owners have to pay for insurance for their players to go over there and play. So if they get hurt, their contracts are paid for by the insurance companies. Copy. These these policies are, are millions of dollars, right? Some of these guys are making, you know, 10 to $13 million a year. Um, so there's cost. Wow, out of the, oh, damn. Wow. So there's cost out of the owner's pockets um, to basically have these players go over there. And there's no benefit for the NHL other than, you know, media exposure, things like that. Um, but it's in China. So nobody's actually going to see the actual games. They're just going to play, um like floor hockey and say that oh canada won or in china oh china won china won the gold medal in ice ding hockey dong, ding dong. yes um so on a serious note though um it's a very it's a very hectic season and right now you know you're quarter way through um you know the the national teams are starting to kind of make their their not their cuts but kind of their short list of players that they want to invite um so there's a lot there's a lot on the line right now in the nhl um there's a few surprises both good and bad some teams that um have been expecting to, to be decent or good and have uh, terrible starts to the season. And there's other teams that have kind of surprised. Give me, give me, give me some barometers here. Um, Vancouver's an absolute tire fire right now. Um, Were they expected they, to do better or are they just like sucking worse? Than, it's like, oh, the Orioles are bad, but look at the Orioles this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they they made the – did they make the playoffs last year, two years ago? But anyways, they, they traded for a, a, a good defenseman out of Arizona, um, a, a few, a couple other big signings, and they are just awful. Um, that's not good. A, a team like Calgary, same division, so obviously the, the Northwest division, um, you know, lost a couple key team members. So they lost Mark Giordano, who's the captain of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they lost a couple players in the last couple of years, uh, but they've taken a huge step forward. Uh, I believe they're like second in the NHL right now. Um, you know, team like Edmonton seems to have added the right pieces and they're really competing. Carolina's number one in the NHL right now, best team on paper. Meanwhile, some, some stalwarts like Boston was kind of struggling there. Um, Toronto went through a little bit of a rough start to the season, but it's really come on and, and they're kind of up at the top of the Atlantic division again. So there's just a lot of, a lot of chaos, a lot of, you know, it's, it's more or less it's parody, right? Salary cap. It's a hard cap in the NHL, much like it is in the NFL. Um, but they're not able to restructure contracts, things like that. So it, it, it does create a lot of parody and a lot of uncertainty. And I do not suck. I am awesome. So you can stuff that whiteboard right up your rear end. Nobody knows what you're talking about unless we become real famous in five years and this archive footage is released. Nobody knows what you're talking about. You, True. You, you other are than you, I, other I didn't than say you anything flashing folks. a sign saying Smitty sucks. Wait, what are you talking about? It, it's like my. It's like it's it's like if I'm, I'm a comedian. That's the red light flashing in the background. <laughs> it's like. It's like, Smitty, <laughs> shut up and get off stage. You suck. No, it's it's, it's the mic. You have the mic weir wedge. I got this that I'm going to wedge in at one point until I write better bets on the board. <laughs> and I lost the marker. I'm sorry. Well, thank you, Schmitty, for that NHL hockey recap. That's some wild stuff there. Up uh, north of the border, up on the uh, frozen, the frozen, uh, what do they call that? The frozen rink there. I uh, what what do you what do you are you jerking off the dog? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Oh, oh, you're making your own sign. <laughs> Wait a second. No, what what does that say? There's a glare. 
Oh no, I oh god. I know long division, you can't fool me. Harry, your hands are freezing. <laughs> what are you writing? Oh, that's that's nobody nobody knows that though. It's not, did, you write, did you erase work stuff to write Jerry Blows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, the, like, they're like, Smith, where are those reports? I'm like, coming, 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 sir. And all of a sudden you come I, up and say, who's Jerry and, and why'd you misspell Blows? <laughs> did, you, did you put a cover page on your TPS reports? <laughs> You're going to need to come in on Saturday. And you know what? We need to come in on Sunday, too. We lost some people and you got to play catch up. Okay. See, I see, I see a lot of potential on what, what was that guy's character? What's his name? Oh, the guy who Lumberg that that character. He no, uh, not Lumberg. The the main character, like the kid. Oh, the young guy. oh yeah. Oh god, I oh god, I know his name. He was in Band of Brothers, and he had like tiny, tiny, tiny roles, and like Peter Livingston. It was something like that. Like Peter Lieberstein. Peter as Peter. Yeah. Right, That's but I mean, name, he was. Peter. Yeah, he was well. His character was Peter. Yeah, but I mean, he was very. He, he I don't want to like lump him in with a guy who played Ted Stryker in Airplane, but it's just kind of like, hey, you were the hit of a great movie at the time and throughout history. Where were your other movies, bud? I mean, he's he strikes me as the guy who starred in Office Space. He would be in like a bunch of episodes of Drunk History right now, or like he'd appear in one and be like, that's perfect. You just like Jaleel White or somebody. You just show up randomly, and be like, ha ha, who are you? DB Cooper? Who cares? Ha ha, just whatever. <laughs> What a good movie. That that movie is awesome. Peter Gibbons. Peter Gibbons. Well, that's his character's name. What's the actor's name? Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. Uh, you see, Ron Livingston. He was in, I'm going to IMDB him right now, but I mean, and, and not to say- i in nothing since. Not to say IMDB has done the best in terms of rankings, but I mean, if you search somebody, their top four things in no particular order are pretty much what their best, like, at for he, so his top four is oh sorry everyone who's watched the conjuring and adaptation but office space and band of brothers are the other two and i do remember him uh oh dude i, I don't know if i've ever asked you this before um steve Carell movie uh with paul rudd came out about five six years ago called dinner for schmucks mm-hmm. have you seen it before no seek it out it was it wasn't, it's not necessarily as good as Step Brothers, but it was the hot romp of the year. I mean, it's a movie that any single person who says I haven't seen it before, I'm like, rent it if you can find it somewhere for $3.99. It is worth your two hours. But he does play, I don't want to say the villain in the movie, but I mean, he's one of the guys in the office and he's a big dick. I mean, yeah, one of those big swinging Madison Avenue types. That's another American joke. Well, anyways, we have almost hit an hour. Sounds like you were going to wrap it up early. I didn't really have a hockey question. Um, or, well, okay, no, I do have a hockey question for you. I don't want you to vamp on it too much because I know there's only so many positions, but this will help me learn. But what is the most important position in hockey on the team as a player? It's a loaded question. Um, I was afraid it was, but I mean, I think, no, look, if you were to ask me the same thing about basketball, I could conjure i could go on and on about how lebron plays all positions or carl malone a big guy can do this or you have a draymond green who's a three but can play five through one or whatever i'm not looking for your prototypical athlete who can do all things i'm just saying and and, and if it is the goalie it is the fucking goalie whatever but i mean what is the most because when it comes it is, to it's, when it's comes the goalie to, when it comes to nfl it, the, like the most important position is quarterback i hate to say it but that's just how the fuse starts that's all we'll, we'll put it this way um I guess if you don't have a goalie there, everyone's going to score. Hey, that's the thing. A goalie, a goalie can a goalie can hide your weaknesses, but a bad goalie is always exposed. Fair. Now, but I mean, but what I'm saying is, it's like it's what, like a quarterback. What, what's the most notoriously successful hockey team ever that had like no offense? Uh, New Jersey Devils, mid '90s, early 2000s. Oh, they didn't have much of an offense. I knew they were good. They were they were so good defensively that they didn't need enough. They would win games two one, right? Right. Okay. They, Honestly, they would, in a defensive game that sounds like a high score to me. <laughs> really? No. To be fair, 
I mean, well, 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 back at that time, right? The rules allowed them to hook and hold and impede. Yeah, it was a little different. Yeah, yeah, it's it a lot slower than it is now. Now it's all skill, like all the hooking and holding. Um, it's all those penalties are called. A lot of people accused Dwayne Wade in the heat of their first title was the first year they introduced the no, you can't slap hands in the up, driving up the key. It's like everything's a foul. He's like, okay, yeah. well, I'm a good free throw shooter. I'm just going to drive lane all day. <laughs> yep, exactly. Take advantage of the rules that are given. So, yeah, I would say that would be a, a good, um, it, yeah. Okay, that's, now, a, that's okay. a good example. All right, let me it, not let me unload the other question and ask you another one. Let's just say you and I are playing a hockey video game. It's like MLB the Show, but you're creating a character. And you want it to be you, Smitty. You want it to be you. Doesn't matter what the hairline is. Doesn't matter what the height and weight is. But you're going to make it as accurate as possible. And But you also want it to be the position you want to play. I.e., for me, whenever I play Road to the Show, I would love to make a shortstop. I always yeah. wanted to be a shortstop. But guess what? I was never an infielder. I tried a little bit at second base. I was okay. But ultimately, I was in the outfield. I was just an outfielder. That's just the way it goes. So if you... Not saying you're sugarcoating yourself or being unrealistic. You know a lot more about hockey than me. What position do you think you would want to see yourself as a player on an NHL team if you're creating a player and it's like, here, this is where I'm going to insert myself. And don't use the excuse. Oh, it depends on who my teammates are. It's just like you. you you're, you're, you're creating something from scratch. What do you want to so, do? So am I, am I creating – like I can create any player I want, like skill yeah. set wise. Or... Ground up. Ground up. Uh, Unlimited I... player points. What, what, what would your, what I'm hoping in your description of what you want to be, I learned more nomenclature from hockey. So th that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like, Oh, what are you a winger striker leg? What? I don't know. Breast. I don't know. I, I think I would want to be, I'd want to be a centerman just because I, like I love, you, Oh my God. Um, oh, you keep throwing, I would say like, I, I would say like you get to, you get to control the play a little more, um, as a centerman, um, you have a little more responsibility, but also like you have the great opportunities to like make some sick assists and some, some good plays. Like if you wanted to be like greedy, I'd say like winger, just like I have the best shot in the world and I'm just going to score a million goals. Like, but that's, that kind of gets, I, I think that would get old. Like, but if I like can control the play, I got the puck on my stick more often, you know, I'm like the quarterback on face-offs, things like that. Like, I, I like that. What's your take? Cause when I first started watching hockey, it was about 10 plus years ago when I lived out in Maryland and I got in on the caps cause they were the only team around. And this was well before they started like getting into the playoffs and losing. Like they were just like like really pissing their pants, going like, "Oh, we're really great, but we're not getting to the playoffs." It's like, ah, Ob was young, whatever. <clears throat> but they had Nicholas Backstrom. He was mm -hmm. my first. He was the first guy ever where I bought a jersey. Well, it wasn't a jersey. I still don't have a hockey jersey yet, but it was a shirt. A jersey, jersey T-shirt. It was a it was a shirt, but the number in the back had the mesh on it, which I was like, "Wow, that's an expensive shirt." It's mm -hmm. not a sweater. It's a shirt. I know that jerseys in hockey are called sweaters. Anyone who's an American left on listening to me, that's what it's called. Even I know that. But Backstrom, I essentially, I was asking my friends, I'm like, oh, so, okay, I'll root for the Caps. But I mean, they're like, okay, what kind of type of player do you like? They were asking me like all the right questions. I'm like, well, right now I like a, I like a, I like a guy, like a all-rounded point guard, but he doesn't have to score. Like somebody who can just handle the court well. Like, and I said at the time, Rajon Rondo. And they said, oh, Backstrom is the Rajon Rondo of the NHL. I'm like, fuck yeah. And and number yeah. nine, my boy for those few years. Yeah, he's got uh, regular season. How many points? He's got almost a thousand points now. He's gonna be he's gonna be a borderline Hall of Famer. That one right there. Um, they always you always say for your forwards, your centermen need to be the smartest because they have to play you know more defensive role. Um, they need to yeah, kind of know where every everybody is yeah. at the same time. And and boy, that Nick Backstrom, he is a sick passer. He can. You know, he played the line there in the early 2000s, mid 2000s was uh, him, Ovechkin and Alexander Semen and Semen, not the smartest oh, kid Semen. on the block. I he forgot could, all he, about Semen. We used to call him Semen. Oh, Semen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot all about that guy. U Uber talented, just kind of didn't have the drive, could score whenever he really wanted to. Um, he was, was kind of like Ovechkin light, if you think about it. Exactly. 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 So. So Which when, honestly, on that team, that that like it didn't like it didn't seem like he needed to fulfill more than that role. He just needed to mature, and he didn't. That's yeah. all. And they and they had Mike Green at the time putting up. Oh like a point per game my God! As, you're flashing me back, baby. Oh, I forgot yeah. Mike Green. Oh he, man, he always, 
he used the the green synergy the east synergy stick the green one for years like just ripping point shots from the bomb like just oh, that was it that those were those washington capital teams that just couldn't get over the hump right perennial like th- it, it, that that line quintessential. Three, yeah. 300 points combined they would just tear it up like that those, that was a good time to be a caps fan other than if you had playoff tickets Oh yeah, exactly. But also at the same time, I mean, living between Baltimore, Baltimore and Washington, DC, I got to ride the successes and the failures whenever I chose, even though I wasn't a part of any of it. I mean, cause I was a transplant. So anyway, Smitty, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, hang up? Eh? Eh? I'm, all, I'm all good, buddy. I'm all good. I'm good too, buddy. So you're not at Smitty sucks. I apologize. What, where can people find you if they've been listening this long and they still don't know where to find you. They can find me on the Twitter machine at Bomb Squad Matt. And don't look him up if you have a bomb issue in your area and you're looking for a guy named Matt on the police department to help you. Because that help ain't coming. You will, you will get help eventually, but Matt isn't the fastest on Twitter. Smitty's not the fastest, but he's, he's, no, he's good. Definitely not. Definitely not the quickest. Christ, I'm Jerry Lou Looper, at Jerry Lou Looper, only on Twitter. And uh, if you're listening to this, and you can afford the shekels to go play Bandit Dunes Golf Resort, and you need a caddy, you better request me. And if you need more than one caddy, request my wife, too. Because uh, turns out we uh, we forgot we should start marketing that way. <laughs> Anywho, thanks for your time, Smitty. Thank you, Augie. Good night, Augie. You guys say anything? Nope. <laughs> He's actually, he's actually right here. He's, he's, First time you ever faked it ever. I, I almost let it go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bombs away, bitches.